Welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiva, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of influence with you. Every day, your gifted episodes, see what I did there, to help you become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best kept industry secrets to creating an online presence worth remembering. It's really like having a momager on speed dial. So let's dive into it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about the ins and outs of creator marketing Um, from a marketing perspective. And I do think it's very helpful to anybody who has a personal brand or is a social media influencer or creator listening to this um, because a lot of the times you are not inside the conversations that happen between brands inside of a brand and it's purposefully done so um, to ensure that like you're really not that knowledgeable on how this works so that they don't have to pay you more. Um, But also, a lot of you listening to this podcast have your own brand or have the desire of building your own brand. And I don't mean just a personal brand. I mean like founding a company. And for that, you're probably going to consider doing some form of creator marketing, whether that's you, let's say, as a product developer working with a creator, right? And the interaction of how that works, making a product for them, or you found some sort of product-based business and you're thinking, hmm, I'd love to use creators and influencers to my advantage in order to reach my target consumer, right? So, Creator marketing is really important. However, we still to this day face incredibly confusing, honestly unnecessary tropes in creator marketing that truly do not make sense. And you really don't need to be in the marketing industry for 12 years to figure that out. You can be in it for three days and understand that it like literally makes no sense. So I, 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 it baffles me. One thing is the the desire to concentrate on how many followers someone has. I understand that like from a human perspective, for some reason that makes that person look credible. But like, please, at this point, we have had so many examples and so many rounds of cancellations of people who have a ton of followers who oh, turned out to not be as credible as we thought they were. And what was the only form of credibility that we held? Uh, the amount of followers that they had. Okay. Follower counts from a brand perspective do not generate as much of an ROI as as it seems that they would because a lot of the times, and this has especially gotten worse with, with the over-importance on going viral, is that you'll have a couple videos go viral and you'll acquire like a couple hundred thousand followers or million followers or whatever. But you didn't then take the time to build a brand. You said, oh, I did it. I reached a million followers. Amazing. I reached 100,000 followers. Great. Now I'm going to go find an agent, blah, 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 blah. And you knock on doors and you keep knocking on doors and everybody's like, "Mm, you're not making enough money or... Mm, we don't really know what it is that you're doing online. Like, it looks like you just kind of, like, acquired a ton of followers from this one video. Um, And 
there's not a lot of importance on the influencer side on building a personal brand and why that is very, very, very important. I would argue that if you are building a personal brand, number one, you build it the way that a company would build it. So like go Google lean canvas, how to create a lean canvas and literally fill it out from the perspective as if you are a company. That's right, boo, because you're going to be filling out what your what your target audience's problems are. What are the existing solution to that problem? Meaning not your competitors, but other influencers that are doing something similar to you. Um, what are the types of revenue streams that you anticipate for yourself? How are you solving the problems? You specifically, how are you solving your target audience's problems? Okay, like think like really fucking deep on on that. Because that's how traditional companies and brands do that. So there's not a lot of importance on building a personal brand until you get to a certain point where you're like now looking for a team and nobody wants to be on your team because they don't know what your goals are. They don't know what you guys collectively as a team will be working towards. And it just sounds like a fucked up situation to them. So they either back the fuck out or they'll take advantage of you. That's how we see a ton of creators switching from talent agency to talent agency, from manager to manager, and having all of these scandals published online of how this person scammed them and that person scammed them, because maybe, maybe it's because they're shitty people. <laughs> we do have to consider that. And maybe it's also because you didn't have a personal brand and you didn't have a strategy in place, boundaries in place. And so it was easier to take advantage of you. I'm not trying to like blame it on people, on you, but I'm just saying that like they work hand in hand. It takes two to tango and the, and the tango is ha really happening here. Um, so there's a lack of, of, of importance, I think, on, on personal brands, even more so with going viral, which I actually did not expect. Um, I kind of expected that there would be a bigger emphasis on building a personal brand when everybody started having a ton of followers because now you, now everybody's on a level playing field, right? So there's that. The other side of things comes from a brand perspective where there is a big prioritization of followers, right? That's what's forcing you to care about your followers is because the brand says, oh, you need minimum this amount of followers or because you have 10,000 followers, we can only pay you $25. Like, what? Okay, that literally makes no sense. How did you calculate that? What the fuck? Um, so e brands are kind of telling you that your followers are your worth. When in reality, there's a lot more that goes into you creating content for a brand, which is when you understand that, it makes you a lot more selective about the partnerships that you choose. When you understand that like, you're taking time and energy and you're also, you know, giving them access to the community that you spent so much time building and you're granting them access to your likeness and to your personal brand, meaning that they have to align on the values, the same values that you align on, right? You're giving them access to usage. Like there's a lot here that if it goes wrong, you would be the scapegoat for and you'd have to damage control and crisis manage. And that's what forces like the really top influencers to be so incredibly selective with their brand deals or have just long lasting relationships with kind of the same brands is because they know very well, one, the things that they personally love to use and can very easily sell to their audience and two, what it is that their audience enjoys to see from them. If the majority of your audience does not have the budget to buy luxury clothing, that's going to be an issue when you partner up with luxury brands and sell that to them. Or 
it might not be because maybe if that person really fucking loves you and really feels like oh my god I resonate with her or him so much that like sure I will you know put this on an affirm payment plan a little Klarna situation and I will buy that luxury bag even though I can't afford it like it just kind of depends which means that you also have to be very aware of how you're perceived like if people really fucking trust you they will buy anything from you that's not to say that you should be promoting anything but I'm just saying that like most people don't really have the budget to afford luxury things but if you take somebody like for example in peak like 2015 2016 Instagram era Daniel Bernstein was wearing luxury clothing pretty much and ain't nobody was complaining that it was too expensive like the complaints started happening in like 2018 2019 2020 but prior to that ain't nobody was complaining everybody wanted to dress like Daniel Bernstein so you know, that kind of stuff, right? Um, being aware of how you're perceived is very important. Being aware of who your audience is, what they care about, why they care about that stuff, what their budgets are, et cetera, et cetera. Which stores they shop at, if that's relevant to you, you know, what their goals are and how you can help and fill a void there. Um, and the other thing is that brands don't really, like, look at engagement, which to me is wild. Like, they look at engagement from TikTok being like how many video views you get, but like video views could be literally anybody. Those people could be outside of your community. You don't know because it's a discovery platform. So it means that if you got 400,000 views on a video, 200,000 of those views could have come from people that have never seen you before. It was the first time. They never clicked follow. They just really like that one video or they were willing to watch it. We don't even know for how many seconds they watched it. One, five, the full three minutes. So the engagement rate on some in some categories is also uh, a little tricky in how it's being judged. Either way, combining the importance that people set on followers, combining the importance that people set on engagement focuses you to co concentrate as a personal brand, as a creator, as an influencer, whatever you want to call yourself forces you to heavily concentrate on your metrics over whatever value it is that you're providing to people. Are you teaching them graphic design? Are you showing them how to DJ? Are you providing them with a good time, whether it be good music or, um, you know, a fun atmosphere or a tarot reading or an entertaining skit? Are you teaching them how to dress better or dress for their specific body? Are you showing them how to make a specific type of cuisine or take fast food and turn it gourmet like what is it that you're providing people what what's the value here what's in it for them I think that when you have a really solid personal brand you then create a very solid personal branding statement which is essentially what I'm doing for whom why and then being able to pitch that to a brand that you want to work with or they want to work with you and be able to bring that brand into that conversation because you know, based on what you know about your audience, that they would enjoy that brand and that your audiences with that brand overlap and your values overlap and what you two are trying to achieve overlap. And therefore, 
it's like a bigger likelihood that that brand will want to pay you more because there's such a good fit between the two of you. Um, I think the other larger problem in general is just from the creator perspective being sold this idea that like brand deals are where it's at. And I'm reading this, I actually have it pulled up on my computer right now, this Deloitte uh, report on the creator economy and what makes create what makes content creators tick. I'll link it in the show notes of this episode. But it says 58% of creators make less than 50k a year. And I swear to you that is a direct correlation to being programmed that the only way you can make money is through brand deals. Because then it shows creators disproportionately rely on brands' partnerships but would like to increase share of income from other sources. But their current share of income, 55%, is from brand partnerships. 33% is from follower contributions. So I'm assuming that's like things like gifts and whatever on TikTok. 32% is from platform payments. So that's like the creator fund or the reels bonuses or whatever, right? But on average, they say creators report more than 50% of their revenue comes from brand partnerships. That's insane. That's like, that, that puts so much power in the brand's hands that they, they can really pay you almost, almost nothing and you would be so desperate to take that brand deal because like that's the only way that you can think that you can make money. I would highly encourage you to think deeper than brand deals if you're not already. I feel like most people listening to this podcast are though. But then it says, what are creators looking for from a brand partnership? And, it, and they, Deloitte says that brand audience fit is their top priority while pay is a close second. Yeah, we know. As it should be, okay? Perks can also be an important differentiator. But yeah, it's, it's you know, understanding how relevant is that brand to your audience. And usually that comes from you probably using that brand anyway. So how relevant is that brand? 69% of creators think about how relevant a brand is to their audience. I would define that as, oh, they saw me use it, so I'll, I guess I can promote it to them. 66% value the monetary value of the brand partnership, right? Because you're putting in a lot of time and effort and creativity and production into that. But then a big jump, 37% take into account brand values and purpose. To me, that jump indicates that I would expect that the relevance of the brand to my audience and the brand values and purpose and the monetary value should all be really, really fucking close. But you go from 69% being being relevance, 66% being monetary value, and 37% being the brand values and purpose, so basically the brand story, that's that right there is where your audience will be like, oh, that makes so much sense for them to partner together. Or when you launch a brand, the brand values and purpose of your brand that you launch have to be incredibly important. They either have to fill a genuine market market void or 
it has and or actually it has to be a really close connection to your personal brand and in order for it to be a close connection to your personal brand it has to share the same brand values and purpose to me that's incredibly like it's mind-blowing but it's also not mind-blowing because I don't see enough creators building a personal brand and like this is exactly why I do what I do because I the the like light bulb goes off every single time that I hear people say, oh my gosh, you know, I've listened to your podcast or I've seen your TikToks and like, this is exactly what I've been looking for is somebody to help me like build my personal brand. I just didn't know it was, this is what it needed to be. I didn't know why it was important. Yeah, it's important if you want to have longevity. If you just want to work with brands your entire life, I don't think you need to worry about that. But if you want to have longevity in, in this career and actually make impact on people on like a global scale for a long time, then yeah and and also a brand values a brand's values and their purpose is what kind of makes you a little bit more selective into the in terms of the partnerships you choose it can also be the moment that you get canceled or don't can get canceled for something um have we seen that happen but overall i'm pretty impressed that most creators actually prioritize uh brand audience fit I, I actually was expecting that to be a little bit of a lower number but I think it's because creators really want it to feel very natural and authentic I think we we all in general feel that creator ads and ads in general feel very ad like um, especially when they're on social media and I think the best ones are the ones where there is such a natural fit between the creator and the brand that it doesn't really feel like an ad because you kind of almost expected it from them. You kind of expected that partnership where you would think it's just them sharing their favorite thing with you. Um, so working with with brands becomes, one, a lot easier when you have a very clearly defined personal brand. But then when you have a very clearly defined personal brand and you're like very known for something, you are also able to better convert for these brand partnerships. Like one of my biggest pet peeves is hearing people say, oh, influencers don't need to know how to convert. Yeah, you do. You don't, you're not in charge of the brand's website. You're not in charge of their marketing and their email marketing or anything. But brands do expect an ROI from any of the content that you create for them. And it is mind blowing to hear that like, oh, well, influencers aren't supposed to convert from that content. At the very least, you're supposed to drive traffic to something, whatever that something is, whether it's their website, a specific product, the use of a code, subscribing to emails, texts, whatever. Um, and it's easier to help convert when you have defined a personal brand and can selectively pick brands to work with that make it easier for you to be able to convert your audience because it's just such a good fit that creating an ad for them feels very authentic and it, it doesn't make you feel like you're being salesy or weird. It just makes you feel like you're just talking about another, a favorite thing with your audience, which it usually is, right? And the other thing is that when you have a very defined personal brand, meaning that you are known for something, you are a voice of something, you rely much less on, on brand partnerships to be the main source of income for you and you actually are more likely to either invest in a brand or you become a founder or you partner up with a co-founder or you become a speaker 
Or you are able to find those brand deals that you can turn into very, very long-term relationships. You can do a bunch of things with them. Like, um, I've seen Girl Boss Town do a lot with Amazon. Um, and I think she just, at the time of this recording, launched a collaboration with Hootsuite and creating a trends report with them, which like makes a lot of sense. I can definitely see that partnership happening for a long time, maybe even quarterly, you know, if she becomes their point person for what's trending on social media. So be very, um, be very strategic and do consider the brand values and the purpose of the brands that you want to work with. And in order to do that, you need to understand your own purpose. Why are you doing this? Why do people need you? What can you help them with? What do you, what qualities do you want to embody? What things do you value? And then you can find a brand that fits very well to that um, as well and create deeper partnerships with them, generate more revenue and become like Glamzilla, Olivia Ponton, who are now investors into a brand that they all love to use called Nude Sticks. So things like that, you know, you, you then aren't just being a poster child for a brand. You're actually being valued as a partner because you took the time to understand what that brand stands for and you aligned it with your values that you have defined. And then it, it becomes a more level playing field for the partnership. So something to think about, and I hope it was helpful. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at KateMob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.